0: Guys, so we're going to get into another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. It's going to podcast where we learn, where we study, where we grow, and we try to become the best versions of ourselves as we can as we continue to serve our Lord. Glad you guys are here. You can continue to find the podcast on YouTube, subscribe there. Um and you can also find the podcast anywhere that you can get your podcast. We're thankful that you guys have found us. All right, so today we're going to look at a uh <laughs> uh a special topic. This is a topic that uh from personal experience that i've struggled with uh and this is a topic that i know that um, a lot of people struggle with in silence and uh the the topic is uh this is why we won't ask for help this is why we won't ask for help so this lesson right here if you listen with the right heart if you listen with humility and if you listen with um if you listen with uh, the right type of intent okay this lesson here will change your life if you if you let it all right so sometimes uh as we walk through this life um sometimes we we get this we get this prideful attitude about us sometimes And and this is how that pride manifests itself. It manifests itself by always thinking that you have to figure it out, that you have to find the solution, that you have to be the one to know exactly what to do. And so what how it also manifests itself, it avoids looking vulnerable. It avoids change. It, It avoids all these things. But here's what will happen if we don't learn to ask for help in a lot of situations, it will ruin your life. And what's going to happen is you're going to find yourself, you're going to waste some really, really good years of your, of your life and of your youth and of your of your time just being prideful, right? Simply just coming down to it, we're going to waste years of our lives because we are too prideful to come to someone or come to the right source and say, hey, I need some help. And so today what I want to do, I want to help through the scripture, I want to help to be the catalyst to change your thinking, to change your mindset, and to cause you to look for help, but also to cause you to look for help in the right places. All right. So moving forward, just to let you know, and, and, you know, I'm just being 100% honest with you here. This lesson will be challenging. All right. So it was for me, this lesson will be challenging. Number one, number two, you might not want to hear it. Okay. So maybe, maybe five minutes in, maybe 10 minutes in, maybe during a point that's mentioned, maybe you might turn it off, right? Maybe you might turn it off and, and do something later. Just do what you have to do. (laughs) But again, this is here to help you. So then three, you might need to hear this multiple times. It might not register the first time. Maybe you need to listen to it again. And then number four, you may be mad at me for what I say, but I'm okay with that. Because all of what I'm about to say today is number one, because I truly love you, which means that I will not only tell you the good things about you, but I will also say some things that we need to improve on together. Okay? Okay. So, here, so let's start asking for help, all right, so, number one, as we talk about this topic, this is why we won't ask for help. Here's the first reason, all right <clears throat> The first reason we don't ask for help is because it's a defense mechanism well what does what does that even mean it's a It's a defense mechanism that we don't ask for help, so in life, there's one thing that all of us all of us hate, okay. And that's disappointment. We would do anything and we would say anything to avoid being disappointed. So sometimes, right? Disappointment, which let's 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 just say what it is, disappointment in life is natural. Disappointment can literally break some people. Right? And so this is what's happening in some people's lives and maybe in yours. Maybe you've been so disappointed that it broke you. So then, when it broke you, moving forward, that defense mechanism has come forward. so now you don't ask for help, you don't get too close to people, you don't do because it's a defense mechanism because guess what you don't want to feel again. You don't want to feel disappointed. So what we do in order to avoid disappointment, we make up our own reality that the person who actually legitimately wants to help me or to help you, in our minds we have a reality where they actually don't want to help us. So then in our minds, we can avoid being disappointed. You see how easy it is for us to get into this cycle? Here's here's an example. Go to Genesis chapter 3. All right, Genesis chapter 3, and I want to look at verses 6 and 7. And so look at some of the stuff that we'll do to avoid disappointment, okay? Okay. So, again, remember, now we have the temptation, right, in Genesis 3. They're tempted to eat of the fruit, right, tempted to eat of the tree. Eve eats of it. Adam eats of it. Next thing you know, they understand their state, right? So now let's look at verse 6. Uh, And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, the text says that it was pleasant to the eyes, the tree to be desired, one to make wise. She took of the fruit and did eat and gave to her husband, and he did eat. Now, verse seven, and the eyes of them were both open and they knew that they were naked. So now, remember, they knew they were naked, but they had a relationship with God. So in order to avoid disappointment, what are we going to do? They sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves aprons. So in order to to avoid self-disappointment and in order to avoid disappointing God, so what do you think and and i we don't know the answer but what do you think god would have done if adam and eve after they ate of the fruit if they would have just said lord can you help us lord we did this lord we ate of the fruit how do you think the lord may have responded based off of his character he would he may have put consequences on them, but he would have forgiven them. and so here's what disappointment does Avoiding disappointment is a, is a self-mechanism that we do. See, here's another one. Look at Genesis chapter four. Here's another good one. Genesis chapter four, we have Cain and Abel. So now we have the two sacrifices. Abel offers the first of his flock, but Cain offers the first of his fruits. God wanted what Abel offered. So now let's look at what, what Cain does. So look at Genesis chapter four and, and look at verse six or actually verse five. But unto Cain and to his offering, God had not respect. So Cain got very mad and his countenance fell. So now, in order to avoid self-disappointment, then notice, we'll get mad. So then look at verse 6. And the Lord said unto Cain, why are you, why are you angry? Why are you mad? Why is your countenance wroth? And verse 7, God said, if you do well, then will you not also be accepted? But if thou doest not well, sin lies at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire, and thou shalt rule over him. So notice what Cain did. In order to to avoid self-disappointment, not only did he kill his brother, but then he got angry. So what if Cain, by offering the wrong sacrifice, what if Cain just would have asked God for help? Knowing God's character, what would God have done? God said, I would have accepted you. See, this is what both Adam and Eve and Cain did in order to avoid being disappointed and, and humbling themselves and asking for help. What they did is both of them came up with their own solution. Adam and Eve, OK, so what we'll do, we'll just sow fig leaves together. What Cain said, OK, I'll just kill my brother. Then what, what question did Cain ask? Am I my brother's keeper? See, here's what some of us are, okay? (laughs) Some of us are professionals at getting out of anything because we have gotten so good at making up excuses. We're pros. Some of us are pros. So here's our strengths if you are a pro, and this is why you won't ask for help, and this is why I won't ask for help. So number one, the excuse that you come up with always has a hint of truth to avoid disappointment. So instead of saying the real reason why you don't want to do something, the real reason why you don't want to do this, this or that, because number one, you don't want to disappoint someone else, but then you don't want to disappoint yourself. So then what you'll do, you'll make an excuse with a hint of truth in it. Then number two, what else you're really good at, you know exactly who to go to to tell you that your excuse, it actually sounds pretty good. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, you do feel that way, right? So, I mean, that sounds, that sounds good. You know exactly who to go to to say that your excuse sounds good. See, all of this is one big defense mechanism. Then number three, here's your other good strength. So you know who to go to to tell you that your excuse is good. But number three, you also know who to go or you also know who to avoid, who can see right through you and can see right through your excuse. So. So if you don't listen and if you're on Facebook or Instagram, just stop scrolling for a second and just listen to this for a second, if you don't listen to anything else, listen to this. If we don't learn to ask for help, number one, that shows that this is a defense mechanism, right, that we're avoiding disappointment somehow. So here's the curse of living that way. So I might be wrong, but here's what most of these people that do those things, here's what their lives look like. Their lives are crazy. They're doing something right now in their lives, but they don't know if what they're doing is actually what they want to do. So you're, you're, you have no direction. There's constant confusion. You understand that you need to change in life, but you don't know what that change looks like. So number one, here's what you'll do. Number one, you'll be a really good actor. So in public, at outings, at church, you're laughing, you're putting on this mask like everything's all good, but then once you get in the car, once you drive home, and once you get home, then the real you shows up. The real you, the one that's tired, the one that's angry, the one that's frustrated, why? Because I don't know how to ask for help. Then number two, here's the curse of living that way. Your pride will keep you doing the same things that aren't working. So instead of asking for help, I'm just gonna keep doing what I'm doing until I find an answer. So that's the curse of living in this self mechanism type of way in order to avoid disappointment. See, sometimes this 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 is uh, this is what happens as well. What, why we don't want to ask for help, we don't want to feel like a burden to someone. We don't want to feel like a burden. Well, if I ask for help, I don't want them to take all my problems. I don't want them to. See, there are all these things culminate in this giant snowball of why we can't ask the right people for the right type of help. And so what if Cain and Abel and what if Adam and Eve would have asked God for help? Knowing God and his character, what would he have given them? He would have given them help. So now the reason why that they didn't ask for help and the reason why they did what they did was because of pride. I will figure it out. I'll find a way to figure it out. I don't want anyone. I don't want anyone's help. And plus, I don't want to be a burden. So this seems like the right choice. You see how you justify your reasons, and then you go talk to somebody else that's just like you, who doesn't want to disappoint anybody, and you know that they're going to agree with you. We won't ask for help because it's a defense mechanism to avoid being disappointed. Then number two, we won't ask for help because we're afraid to be vulnerable. We're afraid to be vulnerable. What does that mean? This is going to hurt us, right? So again, like we talked about before, so in front of people, you always want to seem like you got everything put together or that you can come up with your own solutions. But what that is, like we talked about before, what that really is, it's just pride. That's all it is. Look at Proverbs chapter 16. Proverbs chapter 16 and uh, I want you to look at verse number uh, 18. Proverbs chapter 16, verse 18. Here's a couple of verses here talking about pride. So notice what it says here. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So before you fall, a sign of falling is how prideful you really are. But then in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 23 It says a man's pride will bring him low, but honor shall uphold the humble spirit. So then also we could say, uh, you know, Proverbs chapter 11, verse two, when pride comes, then comes shame. But with the lowly is wisdom. See what pride does. Pride gives you an image that you don't need anyone else. And what pride also does, it gives an image that nobody really does care like that. see that's pride talking, so I could do this by myself and even if I did ask so and so for help, it 's not like they can really help me anyway. You see that's pride talking and see here's here's the thing that's becoming more and more <clears throat> that's becoming more and more popular in our world today. Because here's, here's what learning to be vulnerable is. It's healthy. Learning to be vulnerable is a healthy sign of emotional intelligence and maturity. But this is what the world says that you should do. So the world says, instead of learning to mature and learning not to be prideful in a bunch of things, the world says, well, if you like something or, or if, you, um, if you want this opportunity, Or if you want this in your life, what you need to do, you need to just play all these games. So other things in your job and people, they they can just figure it out. Well, why do that? Why not just communicate how you feel? Because instead of communicating how I really feel, guess what I'm trying to avoid? I'm trying to avoid disappointment. So instead of saying what I really feel. I'll just I'll just mask it and put it in a in a nicer box. Then number two, the world says, well, you know, if you're mad at somebody, just avoid them at all costs. You don't have to talk to them. You don't have to do all this. Just avoid them. And if you do see them, just be just be extremely short with them. The world says that's okay. Literally, look at look at look it up. Go look go read some books. Go look on go look on YouTube. Look at these look at these uh. What these relationship coaches say, if you're mad at somebody, just avoid them. Don't talk to them because guess what this will do? You, this will let them chase you. So instead of playing those games, why not just communicate your frustrations? Why not just say, hey, can we sit down and talk for a second? Hey, at this time, I was I was frustrated because I felt this way. These, these things were going on. At this time, I was frustrated. Why play these games? See, because... Games come from not learning to be vulnerable. And again, it goes all the way back to our first point. It comes back to we're trying to have a defense mechanism. So look at all these verses that we looked about at pride. What always comes after pride? We're always going to end up falling. We're always going to end up falling. And so I love how Proverbs eleven two talks about this. It says when pride comes, so when this defense mechanism happens in our lives, when this mechanism of not being vulnerable and not really communicating what you want and how you feel. So in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 2, when that type of pride comes, the Bible says, after it comes shame. So you know in your heart of hearts that you need help, that I need help. But we'll keep making these excuses to avoid disappointment. And guess what we feel internally? If you're being real and honest, shame. the Bible knows what it's talking about. The Bible knows. And so this is why wisdom, right? As Proverbs talks about, and as Psalms talks about wisdom is for mature people. Okay. Wisdom is for mature people because they're the only ones that can handle it. Pride is for immature people. So now as we look at this, this is why we, you and I, we can't learn to ask for help because it's a defense mechanism. We're trying to avoid disappointment somehow. And then number two, we're afraid to be vulnerable. So we're literally, we don't know what to say or we don't know how to say it. So we'll just make up some excuse with a hint of truth in it. So then number three, we won't ask for help. Because ultimately, we are not humble. Ultimately, we are not humble. You know, one lesson that um I've had to learn the hard way, and I'm trying to help you avoid learning it the hard way. Asking for help in, in just your regular life, and especially, especially spiritually, asking for help. <clears throat> It, um, it takes an immense amount of humility. It takes an immense amount of humility. And this is why we won't ask. Because number one, we aren't willing to say that we were wrong. We would rather make up these excuses and we would rather justify the reason of why we did what we did instead of saying it was my fault. Then two, two, we aren't willing to give up our excuses. See, in our minds, our excuses are saving us from disappointing other people and disappointing myself. So why would I give that up? So I'm just going to keep making excuses. Then number three, we aren't willing to give up our pride. So you know what humility actually says? And here's, here's the thing about, about asking for help. <clears throat> here's the thing about asking for help. Asking for help is a sign of humility. But here's the thing about it, which is it's pretty crazy once you once you think about it. This is why humility is included in this because you have to realize you need the help. Now, someone on the outside can see that you need it, right? But can someone do it for you? So this is why asking for help is actually a beautiful picture. Because it's actually what it is. It's you showing that I'm growing up. It's you showing that I'm maturing. So what humility says, humility says, the way that I went about doing this, I was wrong. Humility says, I should have done this better. Humility says, I will do better moving forward. But what pride says, pride sometimes blames someone else. Pride brings up an excuse. But humility says, I need help. So here's, a, here's an example here's two men. That went through the same situation in scripture one was humble and asked for help one asked for fake help all right so look at this look at first uh first samuel chapter 15 first samuel uh chapter 15 and i want you to notice the text here so i'm just going to uh kind of wrap up this text so basically what happens here is saul is told to go to amalek And through the prophet, Saul is told that when you go to Amalek, you need to destroy everything. Don't bring anything back. I mean, utterly destroy it. So he goes. But then when the people come back, he hears sheep and they bring back the king as captive. So now it's an issue. The prophet said, well, why do I hear this? You should have killed everything. So now notice how Saul responds to the situation. So a prophet told him he was wrong. Saul looks at the problem, but notice what Saul does. Let's look at verse uh, 26. <coughs> verse 26 of 1 Samuel 15. And Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. So now, what's the consequence? Because you weren't humble, because you didn't do the right thing. Now, the Lord has rejected you from being king. And Samuel turned to go away and laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle, and it rent. And Samuel said, The Lord hath rent the kingdom uh, of Israel from thee this day, and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than you. <clears throat> and the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent, for he is not man that should repent. Now, watch what he says in verse 30. Then Saul said, I have sinned so that sounds good right but notice what he says after that i have sinned i understand but honor me now before the elders of my people in israel and turn and turn again with me so that i may worship the lord thy god so this is how we know that this wasn't true repentance and this wasn't asking for true help the only reason i'm repenting is just so i can get back what i lost Because what did Samuel take away from him? The kingdom. So Saul said, look, I've sinned, but what I want you to do, honor me in front of everybody so I can get what I got, so I can get what I lost back. You see, that's not, that's not humility. That's pride. And later on, if you look at it uh, throughout the text, right, he gets, he gets angry that all these, uh, Samuel gets angry that everything is being brought back. And Saul in 1 Samuel 15 actually blames the people. Well, well, it's the people's fault. I can't control them. You see, excuse after excuse after excuse. But then David, later on, remember with David and Bathsheba? And once Nathan, who was a prophet, told David that he was wrong, what did David say? David said, I have sinned. But after that, David said, I have sinned against God. That's humility. That's humility. And now, here's the thing about humility, guys, for us. Until we get to a state where we're humble, number one, we'll never ask for help. But then number two, we'll never accept the help. You guys get what I'm saying? So if if we cannot be humble, you won't even know how to ask for help. And then you also won't know how to take help when it's given to you. You will always find a way to throw that help, help away. So I want you to imagine what, what we just talked about for a little bit. So think about how our world is and how even our brotherhood is today. If we don't learn to ask for help, we have people that are walking around that are really good actors who are who are showing one thing But because they're not humble, because they can't see they're wrong, because they don't know how to communicate how they really feel. Now you got all these people that are defense mechanism pros. And on top of that, they don't know how to ask for help and be vulnerable. And now guess what these people do in our brotherhood? They marry somebody that's just like them. They marry somebody else. Who's been hurt before, and they marry someone else who has a defense mechanism and who's not vulnerable. So then, once they get married, guess what's gonna happen? Now a problem's gonna arise. So, how do you think that that's gonna be resolved? You have two people who, growing up through their single lives, have been pros at giving out excuses, they've been pros at being defensive. They've been pros at not being vulnerable. So now these two pros get together. Now you got an ultimate fight. Now, when a problem comes and a problem will come, now you got both sides that don't want to talk. Now you got both sides that put their defense mechanisms up. Now you got both sides that don't know how to communicate how they really feel. Now you got both sides that don't know how to say I was wrong. Now you got, not, you see why we got so many problems? in our marriages today because this all stems from the problem of right now that we need to know how to ask for help. Here's a couple ways, and I got these from a couple sources. Here's a couple ways that we can learn to ask for help spiritually, but also ask for help in other ways too. So we need to start saying phrases like this. During this time, I felt hurt during this time, I should have asked for help. During this time, I should have talked more. I should have trusted you more. I should have been in the word more. I should have come to the word first. I should have, I should have came to you first. You see, those are, those are humble phrases. But here's, here's my warning. If we don't learn to ask for help now, Here's here's two things that's going to happen, right? And and again, if you don't listen to anything else of this podcast, even if you're listening on Facebook or Instagram, just listen to this. If we don't learn to ask for help, two things are going to happen. Number one, we'll always be immature. We'll always be immature because every excuse is always going to sound good. Everything is always going to be okay. But then number two, what's going to happen, and this is dangerous. If you don't know how to ask for help and accept help solo, when you're with somebody, here's the danger of it. You won't know how to give help. When someone needs you, Because our single lives, we've been so selfish and we've had this defense mechanism up. When somebody that we actually care about needs help, we won't know how to do it. You see why this is important, guys? We have to learn to ask for help. We got to be humble. We got to be humble. So we won't ask for help, number one, because it's a defense mechanism. Two, we won't ask for help because we're afraid to be vulnerable. And then three, we won't ask for help because simply we just, we just aren't humble. And so notice, if you think about this, here's where all this stems from as well as we close. I want you all to think about this idea. Sometimes we won't ask for help for this one reason right here, for fear of rejection. Sometimes we won't ask for help for fear of rejection. and so as we learn to grow and develop sometimes what we have to do what we have to do is we have to be mature in all situations am i saying that it's easy to do that absolutely not it's hard but at the same time guess what disappointment is a part of life being rejected that's a part of life it's just that's just what it is and the more time that you spend trying to avoid it the more it's going to hurt later when you really want it to work you guys understand what i'm trying to say so the the better that we can handle stuff now and really learn to talk and really learn to ask for the right help the better that we're going to be moving forward but again in our pride if we don't sit and ask for help then we're always going to we're always going to have that defense mechanism and we're always going to have that wall up so quickly, before we close, here's one more thing I want to show you. So in um, in John chapter 5, again, I preached a sermon on this uh, a couple days ago. <coughs> Excuse me. In John 5, there was a man who had a disease for 38 years. And as he has this disease for 38 years, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do? And so in verse 7 of John 5, That man said, well, Lord, well, you just don't understand. No one's been here. Every time I've tried to get to the water, someone's gotten in front of me. So what that man was giving Jesus, even though those things were true, he didn't answer Jesus's question. The question was, what do you want me to do? But what did he give him? What did he give Jesus as an answer? Well, Lord, you just don't get it. You see, that's what we tell people. Sometimes people come into our lives, what do you want me to do to help you? And then instead of really answering their question, then we jump around the question. Well, you just don't understand all this is going on right now. We might not even even say that we might be such a pro. We might come up with a calculated excuse. You see why this hurts us? I'm telling you, I'm just I'm saying this again because I care and because I've been through it and I don't want to see you go down that road. It takes some it takes some immense humility to say, Hey, I should have talked better. I should have done this better. I want to do this better moving forward. And it also takes some humility to say how you feel. In this moment I was really frustrated. You know, I didn't mean to shut you out. A lot of stuff's been going on. You see, that that's that's where you start to grow up. But instead, you can make the excuse, which is valid. Right. A lot of things are going on. That is valid. But still, you're not explaining why. And I'm not explaining why. So notice what David did here. So when he sinned, David said, I sinned against the Lord. David wanted to get it right with God. See, humility is such a beautiful thing, but humility and I'm still working on it, too. I'm not I mean, I'm nowhere near where I need to be on it, either. But humility is something that it's also kind of self-motivated, meaning that you have to come to the realization that I need to be humble. And that's where most people stop because that's a hard process. Because first of all, in order to tell somebody else that you were wrong, you have to tell yourself that I was wrong. And, And not a lot of people want to do that. So if you can't learn to say that you're wrong within yourself, you'll never be able to tell somebody else. This is why we won't ask for help. I encourage you guys moving forward. I ask that you continue to pray for me and I'll pray for you. But this is tough. This is tough. Humility, humility does not come easy. Humility does not come easy. Maturity does not come easy. It is very difficult. And you know, the thing about humility and maturity, it's very, very easy not to be that. It's easy to make up an excuse. It's easy to keep doing what you want to do. It's easy to do that, but it's hard to be mature and to be humble. I pray that we can all have this type of attitude, that we can learn to be humble in every way possible that we can, and that we can continue to work with each other uh, to be humble. So I appreciate you guys so much. And just wanted to record that. I had some extra time, uh, so I ask that, uh, you know, you would continue to support and like the podcast. We'll have another one on Monday. Uh, I look forward to doing that. Again, we're just so thankful for uh, everything that you guys do. We're so grateful that you guys have found us. And we will see you all on Monday, Lord willing. Thanks, guys.